0: Welcome to The Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Holy Spirit, you're best experienced, not explained. But well, we could pretty much go home now. <laughs> this is what you're after. This is what you want. You want us to experience relationship with you, your manifest presence, undeniable. We want to know you, Holy Spirit. We don't wanna just have good theology about you. We don't wanna just know scripture about you. We want to know you. We want to know you, to walk with you, to experience you, just like this. But not just here, by ourselves, in our car, with our kids, in our house, in our workplace. We wanna walk with you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for a fresh taste of your presence this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, y'all have a great Sunday. (laughs) Oh, I'm kidding. You can sit down. Good morning. Oh, almost dropped my laptop right on the stage. Anyone else's household fighting sickness right now? Oh, it's just us. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's because the people that are fighting sickness are at home watching live stream. Um, we are ill. <laughs> Me and my youngest son, Luca, that's where my husband is this morning. He is taking care of our... Little list. It's hard to open these with one hand. Wait for it. Wait for it. I can't do it. It's because I haven't been to the gym lately. <laughs> if you're new here, I am not the pastor or a pastor. Don't worry. <laughs> if it's new to you to see a woman up here, don't worry. Um. Our pastors are out of town. Pastor Gunner and Pastor Bethany, they are in Alabama. Sorry, I can't say Alabama without throwing in a little, a little twang. Um, he just uh, put out a really killer book called Kill the Dragon. If you have not gotten your copy yet, if you have not read it, it, it is really good. And I say that as someone who doesn't think every book is good and reads a lot of them. It is legitimately very good. So pick that up wherever books are sold. Um, so we're in, a, we're in a series right now called Confessions. And every time someone gets up here and says that, I just wanna sing, these are my confessions. Um, I, y'all are too holy for that. But um, <laughs> uh, basically we're examining what we believe. And it's really important to remind yourself Why is it that you believe what you believe? Um, We live in a culture that doesn't make it easy to have a middle ground um, or to have any gray. Um, You have to know what you believe. So it's important and I'm glad we're doing it. It gives us a chance to kind of explain things and to be very clear about different things. So this morning I'm gonna talk about who is Holy Spirit. Now, the thing about a series like this, all of these messages could be their own series. So there is a lot that I'm not gonna talk about today Um, just because you did not come to hear a survey of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, but it doesn't mean it's not important. It just means we don't have all the time in the world. So we're gonna kind of focus on like a flyover succinct view of who is the Holy Spirit. So sometimes I think when we're talking about what something is, it's helpful to to address what it is not. So a couple things that the Holy Spirit is not. Holy Spirit is not an it. Um, a lot of times he's referred to as it, like he's cousin it, but the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So Every pronoun in scripture that refers to the Holy Spirit uses the pronouns he, him. So it's to point out that Holy Spirit is personal, not impersonal. Um, and when we say person, I don't mean human. Person meaning um, someone with a will, um, an, an identity, with knowledge. So in that context, Holy Spirit is a third person of the trinity the holy spirit is god the trinity god jesus the holy spirit they're all equal so and i also don't want us to get caught up in well do i say the holy spirit or do i just say holy spirit like which one is correct which one is more spiritual this is not the spiritual olympics it really doesn't matter when jesus was referring to the holy spirit in scripture he says the holy spirit so you know don't Don't get caught up on that. Um, The point is, Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. He is a he. Um, It's a boy, so, not a boy, but I just couldn't resist. The Holy Spirit is not Casper, the friendly ghost. Sometimes he's referred to as the Holy Ghost. Um, If you've been in church a long time, you've probably heard that, but he's not Casper. Um, The Holy Spirit is not the force from Star Wars. He's not like this impersonal, mysterious energy. Um, The Holy Spirit is not Jiminy Cricket. Um, That's kind of an easy one to envision. Like he's just kind of, you know, sitting right here telling you to let your conscience be your guide. Um, That's not the Holy Spirit. (laughs) These are some things, I think some cultural references that may come to mind when we think Spirit, Holy Spirit. Um, But that's not who he is. The Holy Spirit also is not weird. People are weird, okay? Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. So, (laughs) I mean, we are. I'm weird, you're weird. We're all weird. He's weird. We are, and we make things weird, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit does not sometimes make us uncomfortable, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit doesn't ask us to do things that are kind of like outside of the box, like praying for a random stranger. Okay, I could see how that's kind of weird. But it, you don't have to make it weird because Holy Spirit's not weird, he's personal. So I think that we make it weird. We're like, I just heard the Holy Spirit say. And then we start crying while we're talking to them. we're like, just don't be weird. Okay, this is just such a turn off. But Holy Spirit is not weird. Maybe uncomfortable sometimes. Um, Maybe moves in ways that are like, that's unfamiliar. But he's not weird. That's mean. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is God. The Spirit glorifies the Son. The Son glorifies the Father. And they live in this perfect little community of honor. Um, So to figure out who the Holy Spirit is, we're going to use just a couple scriptures today and I thought it would be easiest to just look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Jesus came you know and he did a lot of great things and then he's like hey I got someone coming after me though. So we're going to look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in John 16 7 through 15. We're going to read the whole thing and then we'll kind of go back and break it down. Verse seven, it says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I wanna tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That, this is why I said, the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So Jesus said a lot of wild things, when he was walking the earth, um, you know, like eat my flesh, drink my blood. Um, it's spooky season, so kind of, but I feel like this is maybe one of the most underrated wild statements that Jesus makes because Jesus, the son of God is walking the earth, like living with people, healing people, doing all these miracles. And then he tells them, it's actually better for you if I go. And I feel like as a disciple I would have been like no I don't I don't think that sounds right um, but why does he say this it's because if he doesn't go the Holy Spirit won't come and so we see in this scripture that Jesus is vouching for how important the Holy Spirit is he's honoring the Holy Spirit by being like it's actually better for you if I go because you really want the Holy Spirit yeah. and Up until this point, basically before Jesus ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit came on people and he may kind of fill people temporarily. But Jesus is saying there's a time coming when the Holy Spirit will not just kind of come and go, but he will dwell here. And not just like here, he will dwell here in our hearts. And um, in John fourteen seventeen, Jesus says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So he's with you now, but later he will be in you. And Jesus is saying, you've experienced him before, but not like this, not in this close proximity, not in this close relationship. So we have access to Holy Spirit in us, not just on us, not just around us, like in the room, but in us, living in us. The Holy Spirit um, is in every believer at the time of salvation. Ephesians 1:13 through 14 says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So when we give our lives to Jesus, and we acknowledge him as Lord of our lives, we receive the Holy Spirit in us. Does that make sense? Okay. So then it gets a little confusing because we sing a lot of songs about a fresh wind or pour out your spirit, or, you know, a lot of the stuff we sang this morning, like we want more of you. Well, if he's already in us, what are we talking about? Um, I don't know, because that's not what I'm here to talk about today, but no, I'm kidding. I will give you the brief synopsis, but I really don't, we don't have time to really like delve into this, but just like a brief fly overview. The Holy Spirit is in us, but there are times when he comes on us too. Kind of like what we just experienced. Like you already have the Holy Spirit in you, but then you feel him come on you, or you feel him around you. And there's also in scripture talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's something else that I wish we were talking about today, but I will refrain. But that's where we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Bible also talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So all of, there's all these things going on in scripture, but today, I think what's most important is to understand that if you have a relationship with Jesus, have a relationship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit is in you. And um, I think that if we don't recognize that, we are maybe missing like the secret weapon of, you know, living our life with Jesus. Like we're kind of missing like, it's it's like an upgrade. It's like a cheat code. <laughs> Is that we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and so I hope that that was that that made sense. Um, there's just a lot of aspects of the Holy Spirit. I once listened to a preacher who would explain it: Holy Spirit in me for me, Holy Spirit on me for others. So a lot of times when the Holy Spirit comes on us, or when the Holy Spirit fills us afresh. It's because he is, it's for something else. It's for prophecy. It's for intercession. It's for all sorts of things. It's for outreach. It's for reaching people. Holy Spirit in me for me. Holy Spirit on me for others. So that's kind of a quick a quick way to remember it. But I digress. I'm sorry. I wish I had more time to explain that, but. We gotta move on, so we're gonna break it down what Jesus said in John 16 about who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, is number one, an advocate. So in verse seven of John 16, Jesus says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So advocate, it comes from this Greek word, parakletos, parakletos. Um, and it's actually a legal term. And it means one who pleads another's cause before a judge, um, counsel for a defense, a legal assistant, that type of imagery, a helper, an aid. Um, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us as this helper and this advocate. This is the word that's sometimes translated comforter. It's comforting to have an advocate, right? So... This story that I'm gonna briefly tell gives me no pleasure, okay? I don't wanna tell this story. It's just too good of an example for what I'm talking about. Recently, I was driving down Highway 21. (laughs) And And I mean, long story short, I got pulled over. And if you don't know me, I am an avid rule follower. I am an avid rule follower. I'm the straight A, like, I don't want to make any mistakes. Um, and so this surprised me. <laughs> I was getting over. I was like, what could I possibly have done? Like, I'm not even driving the speed limit. I'm driving under the speed limit. And um, basically, I, I, there was something that I thought was a courtesy, and that would be switching lanes. If a cop is on the side of the road, you guys, that's not a courtesy. That's a law. Um, you're welcome if you didn't know that if they have their lights on on the side of the road you got to switch lanes or you have to at least apparently make a very solid effort to slow down (laughs) and so I get pulled over I get a ticket for this it's not a small ticket guys and so immediately my husband is like you might want to look up a traffic attorney I was like I didn't know this was a thing because I follow the rules. I don't need to know what all the different kinds of attorneys are. You don't need an attorney if you're not breaking the rules. So now that I am a criminal, I started looking up attorneys. I'm looking up traffic attorneys. i have looking up georgiatrafficattorney.net or something because they will basically handle everything for you. They'll take your ticket. They will go to court on your behalf. They will get the points taken off your license. I needed an advocate because I was out of my depth. I was like, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what, I don't, I don't want the points, I don't want my insurance to go up. But luckily, there are people that know more than I do, and that we do, it is their whole job. And so, you know, we called a friend of ours that's a lawyer, and the point is, this is kind of how the Holy Spirit is, kind of. He's an advocate. He knows. Like, he knows the situation. He knows the ins and outs. He would be like the lawyer in this instant that's like, I got it. Like, I, I will go on your behalf. I will represent you. I will stick up for you. I will make it right. We have access to that. That's crazy. And we're over here trying to do everything by ourselves. That's what I do. I'm like, no, I got it. I will make it right. I broke, I will fix it. You know, it's like, no, you have access to an advocate that knows better than you. I think one thing that's cool about Jesus, there's a lot of things that are cool about Jesus, but one thing is he understood the limitations of him being in human flesh. Um, he could not be everywhere at once. He couldn't be with every hurting person at the same time. But he knew Holy Spirit can. Holy Spirit can be an advocate for all of these people all at once. And so I think that's why Jesus recognizes in this verse like it's best for you if I go. Cuz then you have access to this advocate, this comforter, this counsel all the time, anytime. And that is good news. So, the second thing we see in this scripture. I should have drank more water yesterday. I am so thirsty. Okay. The Holy Spirit is the bringer of conviction. It says in verse eight, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So, who's the Holy Spirit? He's the one that brings conviction. He's the one when something is off, or something's not right, or maybe you've overstepped or you've done something and you're like, oh, I feel like that was not, I went too far. That's the Holy Spirit bringing conviction. Holy Spirit is the one that that points out those inconsistencies between what we believe and sometimes what our actions are. The way we talk to our spouse or the way we talk to our kids or the way that we acted to this person or the way that we drove on the highway. But the Holy Spirit is the one who brings that conviction, compels us to acknowledge when we're wrong. Um, And conviction is a good thing. It sounds bad because we think of condemnation. Conviction is good because the point of conviction is to bring you back in alignment. So when you feel convicted, you should be thankful. Like, oh. Like, if I feel convicted, of course at first I feel guilty. And then I'm kind of like, thank God that I have enough sensitivity to be convicted because I want to be like Jesus. So, but the verse also says the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us of righteousness. So he's not just the one pointing out what we did wrong. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us that we're a child of God, that we're in right standing with God, that we've been brought into right relationship with God. When the enemy's voice is loud, and we feel far from God, or we just feel disconnected, Holy Spirit can bring the conviction of righteousness and remind us, hey, you're a child of God. You're in right standing, you're a co-heir. You're above and not below. You're the head and not the tail. That's the Holy Spirit bringing the conviction of righteousness. So we have both ways. He brings conviction to align us, but he also brings conviction to remind us of who we are. (laughs) Okay, number three. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus says in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. I've talked about this before, but there is such a war on truth. What is true? What is not true? Everyone, the whole like, well, that may be true for you, but not for me. That that means it's not truth. <laughs> it means it's, you know, it's subjective, but... Everyone wants this monopoly on the truth. Each news outlet wants to know the truth and have the truth and the facts. Um, But fortunately, we have the spirit of truth living in us. How do we know what's true? We have the spirit of truth. We don't have to guess. We don't have to rely on Hearsay, or this is what that person said, or this is what this person is saying, or this is what the Democrats think, or this is what the Republicans think, or this is what, we have the spirit of truth living in us. In John 14, 17, Jesus, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So we don't have to sort out fact from fiction, Um, you know, even if you've been wrongly accused of something and you feel like I need to vindicate myself and advocate for myself. No, you have an advocate who is the spirit of truth, who will guide into all truth. The truth always comes out. That's what they say. And it's true. Um, The spirit of truth living in us is ready and able to lead us into all truth. Holy Spirit is the one also who helps us understand the scripture. If he is God, guiding us into all truth, he's going to guide us into the truth of scripture. And so when we're reading scripture, Holy Spirit, help me know what is true. Help me understand what is true. And the last thing I'm gonna talk about today, the Holy Spirit is a guide. As the spirit of truth, he's a great guide. He guides into truth. Matthew four, it says, Jesus was led by the spirit to the wilderness. Holy Spirit will lead us if we will submit to his guidance. Imagine if Jesus had been like, I don't want to go there. That's the wilderness. (laughs) But so like sometimes he's not going to necessarily lead you to the beaches of Jamaica, you know? Like, but look at what came out of Jesus being in the wilderness, being tested in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit will lead us. But we have to submit to his guidance. Romans 8:14, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And then again, Paul says in Galatians 5, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Anyone tried to um, stop doing what your sinful nature craves by yourself? <laughs> How'd that go? Not great. Not great. Only by letting the Holy Spirit guide us can we overcome. We can't just like muscle through. And the Lord doesn't want you to do that. He's like, I sent somebody to help you. Like, relax, you know? I feel like that's one word I hear from the Lord a lot. (laughs) Relax, chill out. Like, I sent you a guide. Trust the guide that I sent you. It'd be like trying to, to climb Mount Everest and, you know, they have guides who have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and just being like, yeah, that's cool. I think I'm going to, I'm going to try this my own way, if you don't mind. Like you would die, literally, <laughs> but we do that every day, walking around every day. Like I got, I got, this, I got this same thing. Like I'm just going to work. I'm just going to, I'm just going to this, but like What if we're missing the opportunities that are in front of us because we didn't ask the Holy Spirit to guide us, to open our eyes, to help us to see things as more than they are? And here's the thing, again, these are literally just a couple pieces of the puzzle. We could talk for weeks about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of these things. This is really just an introduction. But, you know, maybe it's easy for, for you to relate to God as a father. Maybe that one is just kind of, you're like, I get that, you know. Or it's easy for you to, to see God as Jesus, to, to talk to Jesus, to address Jesus, the one who came and died and rose again maybe that's kind of like, that one I get, you know, I can talk to Jesus, but Holy Spirit might be a little weirder, like maybe a little harder. Um, there's even a lot of church denominations that have different beliefs about the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, so it's, it's hard depending on kind of your background and what you know, but I, I want us today to just reflect and think about our relationship with the Holy Spirit specifically do you have a distinct relationship with the Holy Spirit do you ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and to lead you into truth do you trust the Holy Spirit to convict you of sin and righteousness and welcome his conviction Adam you can uh you can come back I am almost done So how do we grow in that relationship specifically? Well, it's kind of like a lot of relationships. We have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, which could be as simple as when you wake up in the morning saying, good morning, Holy Spirit. Acknowledge him, he's there. He's in you, he's living in you. And also spending time with the Holy Spirit. Praying and using even simple things like using that language of addressing the Holy Spirit when you pray. Holy Spirit, blah, 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 blah. You know, instead of just saying God or instead of just saying Jesus, like address the Holy Spirit, talk to him, spend time with him. But the biggest thing is ask. That's really the truth of experiencing the Holy Spirit as all of these things, as an advocate as the bringer of truth and conviction, as the spirit of truth, we have to ask. And and I'm not trying to oversimplify this morning, but really it comes back to what we said at the end of worship. Holy Spirit is best experienced, not explained. So if you want to experience him, ask him, just ask. If you need guidance, just ask. If you need truth, ask. Um, My husband travels for work a little bit and a few weeks ago, in the middle of the night, our youngest son started screaming, crying. And usually if he wakes up in the middle of the night, he just comes and crawls in our bed and goes back to sleep, no big deal. But he was like unhinged. And in a way of like, I immediately in my spirit was like, something is not right. Like, this is not just, he's upset, you know? And so I went in his room with him, and I was like, buddy, what is it? Like, is it this, is it this? Like, do you need a drink? Do you need to lay down? Do you need, like, you know, I'm trying to ask him, screaming, crying, three-year-old, what is it you need? Um, And he's just screaming, he's pointing, you know, at, at the doorway and I, I just said, Holy Spirit, help me, help me. And I started praying in the spirit. Sorry, I don't have time to explain the theology of that, but just go with it. <laughs> I just felt like this is all I know to do. And I mean, when I say immediately, he crawled into my arms and he was silent. And I was like, Okay, that was weird. But I just was like, man, Holy Spirit, right there. Like, he is a good guide. He's a comforter. He's a helper. He's like, oh, yeah, here we go, here we go. I got him, you know, and I kind of picture him picking up Luca as I'm picking up Luca, you know, and just making it okay. Whatever it was, whether it was a nightmare, I don't know. It was demonic because anytime a baby's up in the middle of the night, is demonic, <laughs> So, but the point is, ask, ask, ask. That's, that's my challenge to you this week, really simple. When you don't know what to do, when you are confused, when you are hurt, when you need help, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, show me truth in this situation. Holy Spirit, show me who you are. And I I guarantee if you will ask, He will show you. If you will ask, he will do it. I know, I know that I know that I can I can guarantee that because he wants, as Dan was saying this earlier, he wants intimacy. He wants relationship. He he wants to, you to walk with him. All, so much of the New Testament is about walking by the Spirit. And that's, you know, grammatically understood one way, walking by the Spirit, but also like walking by the Spirit, like walking together. And so to close this morning, I just, I wanna pray for our relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we would just be more aware of his work in our lives, that we would be open to whatever it is that he's doing. Even if it seems odd or uncomfortable to us, maybe the Holy Spirit is asking you to pray for a stranger at lunch. Maybe the Holy Spirit is asking you to have a a conversation with someone. Maybe the Holy Spirit is asking you, I don't know. But I just want us to be open because he is, he's good. He's good, he's God and God is good, right? He's an advocate. He's a bringer of conviction. He's a spirit of truth. He's a guide and a teacher. So as we close this morning, let's just stand together. We're just gonna pray. Um, Lord, we thank you for this morning, God. thank you just for your presence in this place. You are so good. You love to come and be with your people. Your word says you inhabit the praises of your people. God, we're just thankful this morning for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, show us who you are. As we're walking through our week this week, remind us to ask. Remind us to look for you. Remind us to ask for your guidance. Remind us to ask that you lead us into truth. Remind us who you are. Show us who you are when we open scripture. We wanna know you, just like we were singing earlier. I wanna know you, I wanna know you. Let your spirit overwhelm us and your presence overtake our hearts. We wanna be people who walk by the spirit, who walk with the Holy Spirit. That's how we're identified as children of God, people who are walking by the spirit. So may that be evident in us. Help us to ask, help us to seek, Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, all right. Y'all have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.